Welcome into the lounge presented by DraftKings. We have the pleasure of sitting down with defensive tackle Travis Jones today. And Travis, I'll start here. You know, last year, I feel like, you know, you're kind of a quieter guy. I kind of yeah. feel like the rookies are on the back wall in the locker room. Mm -hmm. How many interviews did you do last year? Because I feel like you kind of flew under the radar. Yeah, last year I did about one. <laughs> Yeah, after I got that sack uh the Giants game, had one person come up to me, and that's about it. <laughs> but see, you're such a nice guy. I don't yeah. know what, what was going on. What The media felt like threatened, or what was it? Uh, actually, after practice, I, was just, I tried to hide from the media when they came in oh. after practice. That's, that's one thing I tried to do. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work for you this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's hope not, hope right? Not, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, your, your role, you kind of, as we're mentioning here, is going to grow, yeah. uh, you know, with Calais leaving, uh, going down to Atlanta. Just what are your feelings? Feelings about that? Yeah, with uh, Calais leaving, you know, he had a big part on the D line, making plays every game. And I feel like with him leaving, just gives some of the younger guys a chance to go out there and show, show that we uh, make plays. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you already contributed a lot as a rookie, but coming into this year, I think with Calais' absence too, you talked about you being a little quieter of a guy. Yep. Calais' voice <laughs> is missing on the practice field. We're yeah. used to hearing him booming from like a field over. <laughs> Who do you think is going to fill that kind of void that he left? Yeah, during OTAs, um, Mike Pierce uh, started speaking up a lot, yeah. Brody Washington, um, Matt BK, and those guys, uh, those, yeah. those are the guys I look up to. Yeah, you have kind of a deep voice. Yeah, Not quite Calais's level, <laughs> but maybe you could get down there. I don't know. What do you think? Could you do like a Calais impersonation? We won't ask you to I do think, it here. I think I could, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> the yes, sir, into the mic Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. will do it for you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I got you. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, what did you take away from your rookie year? What were, what were some of the biggest kind of lessons that you learned that you, you bring into your yeah. sophomore season? Yeah, for my rookie year uh, – Beginning towards the beginning of the year, I feel like things are moving a little fast for me. And towards the back end of the last like five, six games, I feel like everything started slowing down for me. Mm. I started make, making more plays. And f going to my second year, I just want to show improvement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. and how much did you know early on? You had that knee injury, uh -huh. and it was really a, a shame. You know, preseason knee injury, and it, yeah. feel, it felt like it kind of. Just as you were getting going and stuff like that, it slowed you down. Did you feel like that kind of was a hurdle that you needed to get over? Yeah, with that knee injury, I felt like it slowed me down for a little bit. But like I said, towards the end of the season, I wasn't thinking about it as much. I was just out there playing ball. Yeah. Yeah. Coming from UConn, where, like, as a team, you guys sort of struggled your senior year. You obviously had a really great senior season. But how did that mentality kind of you kind of have to like adjust coming into an organization like this that like you're expected to win every week coming out of a tougher season like that yeah um coming from UConn we didn't have the best I didn't have the best years here but every game we went there expecting to win mm -hmm. we just didn't get the outcome we wanted but coming here winning winning about winning 10 games last year I was I was happy <laughs> <laughs> winning feels a lot better <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so what was uh something that like Calais imparted on you you know he's such a great leader uh -huh. last season and what, what were some lessons that he gave you as a rookie? Uh, for, uh, for me, Khalil just uh, was big on taking care of your body, getting massages, because if you're not on the field, you won't be able to make no plays. Right, yeah. right. Now, we had Michael Pierce on last week, so we're just, we're just running through the D-line uh -huh. here on the lounge. You guys are just uh, the stars. He said that you're the second strongest person that he's ever met. 
For like the second strongest <laughs> football player. Was this, I mean, I, I assume that you've always been strong your whole life. Yeah. Is, is, is that something that you feel like in your game, it's just like power, more power, and then I'll, I'll give you a little more power after that? Yeah, I base my game off power. For me this year, I just want to use that power and get off, start getting off and start making more plays with it. Right. Have you and Michael Pierce ever, I mean, he's, he's a strong yeah, Mike, dude too. Real strong, real strong. Arm wrestling? I nah. mean, is there ever <laughs> any? No, nah. nah, but we do live <laughs> together. We push each other in the weight room. Nice, nice. Who was the first? Did he say who the first was? He's probably the second strongest person I've seen. Hmm. One being Linval Joseph. Wow, okay. That dude is almost told my pet working out with Linval. <laughs> Travis is just very, very big kid, uh broad shoulders, then lift the house. I know when you were kind of getting into the colleges, going through that process originally, you know, a lot of schools wanted you to switch the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. why was staying on the defensive line so important to you? Uh, actually, I, I committed to UConn as an O-lineman. Then oh, after God. I committed, uh, they switched me when I got there. So I'm happy it worked out for me. And why did they make the switch? Uh, they needed to fill a void for the D-line, and they just put me over there. <laughs> wow. I so guess I was athletic, athletic enough. Were you like a, a tackle? What guard. Were, you were a guard. Yeah, I was playing guard. Okay. So yeah. the reverse, I see. Yeah. So now, now you kind of take uh, pleasure in and just beating, beating up, up guards. guards yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of have that, you can think about the game in both ways yeah. then too. Yeah, I say that will help me a lot. It helped, it helped me a lot this year. I yeah. feel like having an offensive line uh, perspective of it. Yeah. What do you what do you view as, you know, the defensive line is so multiple here. Guys learn different spots. What do you, what do you view as kind of your best spot? Like on the D-line? Yeah. I like playing those. Nose. Yeah, because having a guy like Mike Pierre in front of me right now, um, just picking up little things, tips, he'd be giving me in man rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And what is it about playing nose that you really like? I just feel more comfortable there, right in the middle of everything. And things happen faster playing nose because yeah. you're right over the over the ball. And I feel like I, I benefit from that. It's so interesting, though, because you and Mike have very different body styles. Yeah. You sh you're squattier, bigger, wider. You're uh -huh. taller, still wide. But <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you play the position different than Mike does? I feel like just obviously I play a little bit more length than Mike because I'm taller. Yeah. And um, other than that, I feel like we play the game uh, similar. Right. Yeah. Right. I feel like this sophomore class, you kind of alluded it to, a lot of you guys really contributed last year, and you're stepping into bigger roles yeah. like we talked about. Do you guys ever, like, as a class, maybe coming out of your rookie season, do you feel that, like, this sort of class that you came in with is kind of stepping into these bigger roles together this year? Yeah, I do feel like, I feel that way. I feel like uh, me, Kyle, Isaiah Likely, mm -hmm. we all going to have to take some big jumps this year to yeah. uh, help the team out. When you were coming in as a rookie, like when you're seeing these are the guys that I was drafted with, did you kind of foresee that? I mean, there's a lot of big names in yeah. your class, you know, guys that had really great college careers. Was that something that you kind of like foresaw for the group? Uh, I, yeah, I say so because Kyle going, I know watching Kyle at Notre Dame, he was a big time right. ball, ball player. And David Ajabo coming mm -hmm. out of uh, Michigan had about uh, had a lot of socks. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about you said that you and Mike push each other in, in the weight room. You mm -hmm. know, I'm a guy who could use a little more work in the <laughs> weight room. So how, how much weight are you are you two putting up in there? Uh, a lot, man. <laughs> so I don't even know. Like, around four for bench, like four or five, four twenty. Wow. And squat. He got me on squat. I give it that. He got me on squats. Yeah. <laughs> His thighs are yeah. massive. Yeah. Uh, so it bench a few Ryan's here. Yeah, yeah. So let's, you said four. You said how <laughs> much four? Four, five, four twenty. Okay, all right. So you got at least two yeah. plus of me just <laughs> on the bar. 
on the rack. Uh, that's kind of crazy. I mean, it have, has weightlifting. You know, Mike was like a power lifter. Like, real? I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, he he was got really into powerlifting. He looked like one, though. Yeah, exactly. Has weightlifting always been a big thing for you? Or? Yeah, I always enjoy weightlifting for some reason. I don't know why. I just feel yeah. like I need to be strong to be on the field. Yeah. yeah. So tell me a little bit about your background. What what was your childhood like uh, growing up? Yeah, I grew up in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I grew up actually playing baseball. I thought I was going to go to the MLB okay. for some reason. Then <laughs> uh, my freshman year of high school, my mom made me play uh, football because I was just sitting in the house over the summer doing nothing. And she <laughs> said, I got to get out of here. So that's when I that's when I fell in love with the game. Wow. Okay. So so who were your your baseball idols growing up? Like, what uh, did you envision yourself? I'd probably say, like, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Ooh, big yeah. Poppy. Designated hitter. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense being up from Connecticut, Power. too. Yeah. That makes Power. sense. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking Cecil Fielder. That's kind or of a Or CeCe Sebastian. CeCe Sebastian. Yeah, he a big were, guy, too. Were you a pitcher? Hey, I pitched a little bit. All yeah. right. I see. I'm pictured, I'm just imagining power hitter here. <laughs> I'm just thinking power hitter. All right. Well, that's interesting. So, so when you got when you started playing football, kind of, I mean, I assume you were always one of the biggest kids yeah. growing up. Were you instantly just whooping on kids, or, or yeah, I say go? so. But uh, <laughs> my freshman year, I did. Uh, I did only I didn't play varsity. I only played JV. Okay. Yeah. Then my sophomore year on, I was on varsity. Right. Okay. So, what was it about football that really made you fall in love with it? Uh. I say just be out there, manhandle other people against their will, and just having fun with it. Yeah. I feel like it's a more of a brotherhood in baseball and other sports. In baseball or in football? In b- football. In football. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. When was the moment that you were kind of like, okay, this is something that could actually span into a career for me? I say my junior year when I got invited to the Nike opening, mm. and I went out there, made it for O line. Actually, made it to the final. Of, I forgot what it was called, Elite Five or something like that. Yeah. Then after that, I started getting offers. And I'm like, well, I could probably make it to the league. That's awesome. Yeah. So what made you want to stay at UConn? Was it just, you know, yeah. home, home? Close to home. I wanted my mom. My mom came up to every uh, home game. My grandparents came up to every home game. Yeah. And that was big for me. I went. I brought teammates home on Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Well, and, and I think, you know, nowadays you see so many college players, you know, going to other schools and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we were kind of discussing, even though you didn't have the results in the win-loss column, you know, you stuck it out. Yeah. You know, you stuck stayed it there. Yeah. Well, well what made you make that decision, I guess? I felt like because I started, I wanted to finish my career there with UConn. Yeah. They've always been good at me. And I, I, and big thing, my family. Family was there for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you're not that far from there now, which nope. is kind of nice. So are, is your family able to get down to Baltimore easily since it's not too, too far? Yeah. No, um, actually, I go home. My mom, my mom don't like driving down here for some reason. She's <laughs> okay. got to start taking the train. Okay. Yeah, but uh, I was home about two weeks ago. I'm going to nice. go home when we've got this little break coming up, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, back to the football field, I guess, just what, what are your year two aspirations for this season? Yeah, my year two aspirations, just to show improvement from year one, keep getting better, start um, getting off blocks more, making more plays in the backfield, TFLs, right. and get, get a couple more sacks. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of part of your game, too. You talk about being a nose, which you yeah. think it's a run stuffer. You know, you're taking on double teams and, and yeah. all that. But, like, you are a guy who has flashed certainly good feet and, and pass rush ability. Yep. Yeah, I just want to keep improving off those things. And now having Chuck Smith here, Coach Weave, right. um, that's, they're going to take my game to the next level. So you're working with Chuck, too? Yeah. The pass rush specialist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He worked with everybody on D-line. Oh, see. Yeah, I, not, I, it's not just the outside guys. That's what I thought. Nah. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're, you're going to be pulling a spin move? No, nah, I ain't spinning. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not spinning. <laughs> Get that power moves. Yeah. Yeah, working I'm, off of power. power. That's cool. How would Anthony Weaver describe you if we asked him? 
Uh, probably say good kid. Uh, quite. Uh, I'm not that quiet in the men rooms, kind of. <laughs> but good kid, happy. Um, just, just that's it right there. Well, describe Matabike and, and Brody. You know, Brody really kind of took yeah. a big step forward last year, and, and Justin had a career year. Yeah. You know, how do their games kind of complement yours? You say. I say I feel like Brody could do it, do it all power and finesse. Yeah. Same with Matabike. Um, those guys are. Well, this is like year four for those guys. Right. Yeah, those guys took me under the wing as soon as I came in and showed me the ropes. Right, right. Very cool. Well, I know big things are coming for you in year yes, two. Sir. I can't wait to watch, man. It's been a pleasure talking to yes, you. Sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks to Travis Jones for joining us. Good to get to know the big guy a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, we're his second interview, so. I know, and I think we said this before we hopped on. First of many to come for him. I think he's exactly. going to get a lot more requests this year. I'm it, really excited to see what he can do. Exactly. So we want to remind listeners that uh, this week, the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the Baltimore Ravens, has a limited time offer you won't want to miss. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FLOCK. New customers get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code FLOCK. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 plus to play, physically present in Maryland. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what role exactly that Travis has because, you know, he's like you said, he's primarily a nose tackle. You know, Michael Pierce, who we had on last week, if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that episode. Uh, you know, he's the starter. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of as much as Calais left leaves a void it's not really travis that's so much filling that void sure well and it's interesting too because michael pierce did miss time last year right. so travis jones was able to get a lot more experience as a rookie than we would have kind of expected going right. into that season so you just really never know how that will all shake out you know when who's available yada yada but like i'm like we talked about before with him you know he was able to get that experience in year one so that's only going to make him even better in year two but yeah, yeah i think anthony weaver has a lot of good pieces in that room and yep. i think it's really always really interesting for me to walk by that position group of practice i really like enjoy his coaching style he's so like hands-on with them obviously mm -hmm. he has his own playing career that he can draw from for and sure i really enjoy seeing him interact with all those guys yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see i wonder you know michael pierce could be the first second down run stuffing sure. you know you get into third down more pass rush situations to, does Travis get some more of those reps you know maybe maybe we're looking at more sacks this year get the Chuck Smith specials going on yeah he talked about getting to work with Dr. Rush yeah. uh, when we talked to him so we'll be interested to see how how that all plays out you know he talked about well Chuck talked this week about having those signature pass rush moves yeah. and one of the things he talked about was power yep. and then Travis came in and talked to us about how that's his thing power yep. so Maybe that'll work out. Exactly, exactly. Well, we have some questions that have come into the lounge. This one comes from Naledi. Uh, and they say, with the signing of Laquan Treadwell, it seems like the only re uh, remaining receiver guaranteed a, res a roster spot is Rashad Bateman. Okay, I'm going to first stop there and say <laughs> that I think OBJ, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Nelson Aguilar are locks. Lock locks mm -hmm. to make the team uh, at wide receiver. The question here is: since Justin Hill, Justice Hill, resigned and is a capable returner, could Devin Duvernay be a trade candidate? Uh, I'll kick this one off. I, I don't think so. Um, I think that Devin Duvernay's a had really good uh, OTAs. There's, I mean, no reason right now. Mm -hmm. 
to trade him. Like, you don't need the cap space right now immediately. You know, I mean, the, the Ravens still have a little flexibility. The answer for me is a no. I mean, A, you don't want to be shorthanded at wide receiver. That's the last thing that the Ravens want to... That's, they don't want to be in that position again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Devin DuVernay, I understand Justice Hill is back. Devin DuVernay is a back-to-back Pro Bowl returner. Right. Who, by the way, is coming off his best offensive season last year. Like, got off to a, a great start. You know, I think that he's in a great position now where he can be used kind of as this Swiss Army knife, fourth wide receiver, most likely, you know, kind of position on this team where, you know, doing ed rounds and, and that jet sweeps and stuff like that. Like, and of course, just traditional wide receiver stuff. I mean, he was really good in the red zone, making some great contested catches. Like, the answer for me is a hard no on trading Devin DuVernay. I agree. Like you said, we've seen a lot from him already in OTAs. It's only been a couple of weeks. And with a team that's so obsessed with being so dominant on special teams, I don't see why you would make a position of strength a position of need. Exactly. Know? Every team would love to have Devin DuVernay out there returning. And so I definitely i am with you. I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. All right. This question comes from Jesse F. The question is uh, Marcus Peters game ceiling pick in the playoffs game playoff game against the Titans felt like the most perfect storybook ending that could have happened in that game with the Titans starting to feel like a new rival for the Ravens after the back and forth logo stomping. Okay. So you remember how, yeah, oh, you, I remember. you remember all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you think with players like Marcus Peters not returning or maybe not returning, and not playing the Titans in two years, maybe the rivalry is dead? I don't think it's dead. No, I don't think it's dead either. I think it's plenty fresh for plenty of guys <laughs> on this team. And yeah, like in the past couple of years, I have felt that there's been a little more juice for those Titans games than, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, even some of the Steelers matchups. Now, obviously, those are always special. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not a true Raven until you've beaten the Steelers and so, so forth. But those Titans games have had a little extra juice. Yeah. And we got burned a few times, and we definitely felt that. Um, yeah. Their team looks a little different, too, going into this season. But I think that there's enough guys still on this roster that remember those moments. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's as spicy as it was back a couple years sure. ago, uh, I would agree with Jesse on that, but I certainly don't think it's gone. I mean, the Titans rivalry, A, is a very historic rivalry true, in Ravens true. history. You go back, back, right, I yeah. mean, that was a huge rivalry. Mm-hmm. One of the top, for sure. I mean, contending with the Steelers. Uh, and then it, I think it got pretty spicy there in Spice 2019. Spicy is a good word for it. Yeah, 2019, <laughs> 2020, and them on the logo. Even they, to the coaches, right. it was all the way up. Yeah, I think there's always been a good relationship there with the coaches, yeah, yeah. but I don't. I think that the Titans coming out on the Ravens logo in 2019 and, and that whole thing was not received particularly well, and, and mm-hmm. that's why Marcus Peters had a little retort. <laughs> um, I don't think like Peters potentially not being on the team. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he still does come back. Um, I don't think that changes things. I just think the fact that, you know, we haven't played them really much the past two years, ever since beating them, beating them in the playoffs. Um, that is more why I think it hasn't been as spicy as it was before. Well, and I also think everything is a little less spicy if Marcus Peters is here. He definitely brings the spice. That's an excellent point. All right, for all of our listeners out there, make sure you're subscribed to the Lounge Feed. Give us a rating and review. We very much appreciate it. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you're also subscribed to Ravens Press Pass, our other podcast, which features all of our press conferences, all of our interviews, all of that stuff. Make sure you can uh, subscribe 
and rate and review that one as well. Cassie, thank you so much for joining me. Anytime. Yes, it's very much of a pleasure. You're just a lounge <laughs> regular now. Two I did, weeks in a row. I did hear that shade that you're throwing. Yeah, we had to. <laughs> when you both take vacation the same week, you set yourself up for it. But you're coming up for a big vacation here I pretty am. soon too. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's an exciting one. Shh. Okay, <laughs> secrets. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye.